Some people call me the space cowboy. Some call me the gangster of love. Some people call me Maurice because I speak of the pompatus of Let's Get To is back. It is the beginning of our fourth season, and we're recording a little bit early because we're out here to see the grand reveal of the Sugarland Skeeters new brand, that and so much more. So stay with us. Take me out to Welcome to Let's Get To, your tour of America through the lens of minor league baseball. Baseball from sea to shining sea. And now, the first pitch. Opening thoughts from James Christopher. Presented by BaseballMapper.com. And welcome to the season four premiere of Let's Get To. I'm your host, James Christopher, and we have a great episode today as we start to fill you in on what happened since our season finale in January. But before we jump into that, I want to take a second to talk to some of the maybe new viewers or listeners that we have on the show and explain how our show's different and how our show, I think, stands out compared to a lot of the other content out there. Now, first of all, our show is positive. Uh, We strive to have a positive tone. We're talking about the world's greatest game, so how can you not be in a good mood about that, even with some of the late unpleasantness? That we'll get to later. So we try to be positive. We try to be uh, an hour that you can spend and not deal with the negativity of the world. And if you don't think the world's negative, turn on the news. I'll wait. So again, positivity is job one. Call us the anti-bar stool. We want you to feel good about things when you're listening to our show. We want you to feel informed and we want you to feel part of our journey. Our focus on the show is minor league baseball. Uh, We don't do any major league talk. There are plenty of shows out there doing it better than I could do. Uh, I can recommend you to some. Plus, we have a couple of shows where I facilitate some awesome people talking about the major leagues. So what do we talk about? Our show is minor league focused, which means affiliated minor leagues, collegiate summer leagues, and independent professional leagues. We want to use those teams as a window into the country and in the community that supports them. I'm a military veteran. I spent time in combat zones. I love this country and I'm using this show as an opportunity to get to know the country I love. It's very similar to old Captain America comics when he would occasionally get on his motorcycle and introduce himself to America. It's like that, but with hot dogs. But I do use the lens of being a veteran. I use the lens of being a husband and a father and a grandparent to get you to see the game the way I see it. And again, hopefully make you feel like you're part of the journey. The show is going to be a little bit different. We do have some exciting possible news about the future of the show or at least an opportunity. I just spoke it into existence, so now it won't happen. But what we're going to do is kind of tighten the focus and make it much more about The teams that we visit, the communities, the ballpark experience, we have upgraded our production values. We're very excited to bring this season to you. And so whether you're brand new to the show or whether you've been listening since day one like Don Gillingham has, that's right, Don, your first shout out of the season comes in the opening segment of episode one. Not bad. But whether you're new or old, we just are really glad and thankful and honored and humbled that you would give an hour of your time to our show to see the world the way we see it 
and to experience again the greatest game ever invented the way we see it. So like I said, we do have a full episode for you today. So get you some peanuts, get you some Cracker Jack, and stay with us. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the Gangster of Love. Some people call me Maurice. Yep, this song will not get old. The minor league baseball season started a bit early when we headed to Sugarland as they unveiled their new brand, the Sugarland Space Cowboys. Everything about the look is sharp. All the different marks, the astronaut with the cowboy hat, it all worked, and the fans were hungry for it. This is the beginning of a crowd that would swell to over 5,000 people, and they were in store for a fun day at the ballpark. The question I got from a half dozen people, how are the hats? There are three styles of the new era 5950s and they all look great. And in a rare move, I purchased all three. The Sugarland hat with the stars in the text is unique and really sharp. The mission patch screams Texas and the logo looks great on a navy cap. But let's talk uniforms. I love the home whites with the nod to the Astros blue and orange but a gradient effect up the side. I love the teal on the alternate jerseys, and I think they have the best road grays in baseball. Applause to the Space Cowboys for having everything on sale. Sometimes you see a reveal and the merch is coming soon, and then by the time it's available for purchase, you've kind of lost interest. From hats to jerseys to shirts, they had it all. But it's not just about jerseys and hats that make your minor league baseball team so cool. The mascot is the face of the organization, and we're stoked for the new one. Everyone meet Orion. And he already has fans. He's featured on the mural on the concourse, and we had a chance to talk to the artist. So we're super excited to be back here at Constellation Field. I'm with Jesse, the incredible artist responsible for this. Yes, yes. Talk to me a little bit about the inspiration for the mural. Oh man, they I mean they approached me with like the whole new rebranding and all that. So I got to see all the stuff before everybody got to see it, right? Um, and then just took inspiration from that. Um, uh, you know, listened to what they had to say and all that, and then yeah. just took it upon myself to recreate this whole thing. I mean, uh, they they didn't have any murals at all. So right. they've been fighting to get like a mural done on the in, in the you know, constellation part. So I was like, man, I'm excited. I'll be the first one. To have a you know a permanent piece on here, so and so you also did the ones at Minute Maid Park. I did, yes, I did one over there as well. Yeah. So I mean, how, how much of is how cool is it to express your love for baseball through that? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I I've been man going to the Astros since the Astrodome. Yeah. You know, since I was a kid and all that. So to finally you know circle around and then be able to now put my passion into you know now baseball. Yeah, definitely, it's been a great time. Well, Jesse, where can people find your work? Where can people? Um, uh, my website is www.deleonarts.com. Can be put Z. right down here, right Correct. down here. And then my Instagram and Facebook, everything else is Deleon Arts. So that's where you find it. Thanks so much for being on Let's Get Two. That's what. Thank you. Yep. Here's a shot of me using the excuse of shooting B-roll to jump the line in the team store that now wrapped around the concourse because there's a couple of items I forgot to get. And here's Andy driving that capitalist economy. And speaking of Andy, 
All right, so we're out here on Show Me the Merch. Andy Tom Cheston is here with us. Hopefully you can hear us over the Black Eyed Peas, I guess it is. Uh, something like that. I'm old, so it's beyond yeah. my time. You know, it's it's not the Steve Miller Band, which seems uh, more let, appropriate. Let's talk about it. So they're having a good time. You can see the crowd behind us. Um, let's talk about the brand through stages. One, I want to talk about the tease. How do you feel like Sugarland did un unveiling the brand and getting people hyped up for this event? I think... Uh, the, the issue with, the, I think, a lot of the brand was that the re, the name of the club was basically spoiled, what, two hours after they announced they were rebounding, yeah. something like that, and, and good on the press for figuring it out and somebody um, confirming. Either way, um, there was a drip campaign done after that, and I think the Astros organization or Sugarland organization, however you want to look at that, did a really good job of teasing it and building up anticipation because I think you and I both thought there'd be fewer than a thousand people here. Right. There I are mean, clearly more than a thousand people in this park right now. Yeah. And, I that, mean, and we're an hour into it. I got to applaud you because you had all the strategy in mind of I'm setting up the cameras and you were in line to be what you're the second person to buy anything. I think they let the mayor buy something first <laughs> and then it was me. The mayor. No. Okay. Well, let's talk about the marks then. So first of all, you and I have already hit the pro shop up. I've got the home Jersey on with the logo patch hat. Uh, I love the nod to the Astros with the stuff up the side. And you've got the? I've got the road jersey, which features Sugarland. Um, also has the mission patch on the sleeve, you can see that. Uh, and that's what they're officially calling this mark. It's not secondary, it's the mission patch. Yeah. And then we have, yeah. Um, overall, I mean, People complain about the name. You and I both sort of said it'll take time. You know what? It, it's funky, but minor league baseball is supposed to be funky. Right. It's supposed to be a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Um, the quality baseball product they're going to put out here it doesn't have anything to do with the name. What's going to draw fans in, what's going to draw the community in is the name that they can have fun with, that they can identify with. There's going to be little league teams all over the state of Texas that are going to be the Space Cowboys yeah. starting next year. So for, for me, it's a win. For me, it's a win, too. Uh, when I first heard it, I thought... I like it, mouthful, but the minute we saw the logo leak and then we saw all the stuff, everything ties it together. It's like Lebowski's rug. It really makes it work. Absolutely. And it's, um, I mean, you can just tell people are, people are embracing it. It's 55 degrees out here right now, even though I'm in short sleeves. Um, and th there's a crowd out here, and there is a, a palatable anticipation of even more things to come. And if you saw the line at the merch shop right now, you'd see how popular this brand is right now. The line now. still at the merch shop is out past third base going towards the outfield on the other side of the concourse, which means I might be doing an online order for my second round. Now, do you think that they're feeling the pressure of having they have to have the best Star Wars night of anybody now, right? Like, isn't that sort of like required that they that they knock that out of the park? Uh, I think they're going to have Star Wars night just about every night, and maybe Battlestar Galactica night, maybe a little Star Trek night. Star Trek night. We can get we can get into some like uh, uh, what was the movie where you jump through the portal that. I think if you can't get the relatives of James Stargate. Gar yeah, I think if you can't get the relatives of James Gardner and everybody else that was in Space, Space Cowboys, Cowboys out, out here, yeah. uh, you're missing a huge thing. A huge opportunity. Well, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm, I'm impressed. I think the Astros did a great job. I, I think one, one of my last things about the brand, that I and I want you to touch on this too, because it was designed by the Astros, because it was designed by a whole different marketing firm, I like that it doesn't feel like a Brandios look. 
Yeah, I, I think that, um, and we've joked about the Brandios. The Brandios does a great job, but it's always a thing holding something else about to hit, hit you with it. Yeah. And that's not what they've gone th- for here. The silhouette of the Space Cowboy with the hat and the helmet um, is a little, a little bebop, but um, I think it's appreciated. Um, and it, it's not cartoony. And they had the opportunity to go cartoony because when you see the Space Dog, Orion that they're going to push on you really quickly and you and the kids uh, you're going to see they could have gone cartoony and they didn't this is kind of a it's fun it's funky but it's it's a little bit serious too which I yeah. like yeah and that's kind of in fitting with the other Astros minor league branch the yep. hooks is still a classic look even right. though they have fun same with the woodpecker that woodpecker is a mean looking bird yeah bunker he's got PTSD <laughs> I can joke about that because I do well I guess I guess that wraps us up for the first episode popping on um have you thought, I'm going to put you on the spot on the camera, have you thought about what road trips you're going to take with me yet this year? I don't know. I'm still trying to work out what I can call work. <laughs> so um, I can certainly get to Charleston. I can certainly get to um, Nashville. I want to go to Bowling Green again. So I think a lot just depends on um, what I can combine on my finances, but I, I'm excited about it. We'll call that a tease. See you next episode. So welcome to the World Sugarland Space Cowboys, the AAA affiliate of the Houston Astros. Still your 2017 world champions. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Who's on first? The Let's Get to Local 9. Brought to you by Zoomer Sport. And speaking of the Sugarland Space Cowboys, we are joined now by one of our best friends on this show, Ryan Posner, who works for Sugarland in a media. Uh, he's the guy I bug all the time for credentials. Ryan, how's it going, man? Have you had a good relaxation James. yet? Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's been last couple of days, you know, it's, it's been a little slower. Uh, the lead up to the event, obviously, it was, it was a great event. Happy to see you out there. And uh, thanks for having us on. And obviously, you never, never bug me, Jim. Always happy to hear from you and uh, happy to have, be on. Let's get to you again. So let's go back to the beginning. Um, I remember you and I talking. I mean, now it's it's now I guess been over a year and a half when the rumors first began that Sugarland would become the Astros AAA affiliate. Then it happened. At what point did you guys know, or did you guys hear from the Astros that yeah, we're going to be doing a rebrand? Like when did that first hit your your radar? So I think it, it hit. A different stages to different people on um, you know the Astros marketing team which just absolutely crushed it with this branding I mean the, the idea that you know an in-house team could come up with this entire brand is it's pretty astonishing so they they probably knew well well in advance um you know could be I believe it was at least before at least before last year that they knew and they began the process of you know creating what we saw uh, last week and um for me you know I found out I found out in like August of, of last year um and you know it's been it's been tough keeping a secret obviously everyone yeah. saw the logos and stuff like i got to see it and you know you see how cool it is and how much nuance there is to it and then you're having to keep it a secret i know some other people in our marketing department found out in like last may um so you know it, it, it came in stages um you know i think i think just knowing that the way that you know mr crane he when he, he purchased they purchased fayetteville and they uh they changed their name so i think people kind of had the idea uh, you change into the woodpeckers so i think people had an idea that this was a possibility, but I found out for sure in August. And obviously when I saw the name, I was, I was completely excited. Like I, you know, loved working for the Skeeters, loved that brand too, but I'm, I'm excited for this new era and, you know, kind of, kind of pushing this along. Yeah. I want to talk about the, uh, the, the production process, right? Because yeah, it's an in-house team and 
to me, I love that because it's, it's fun and quirky and classy. Like it isn't the sort of, and no offense to Brandios, but it isn't a thing swinging a thing, which is sort of what Brandios did. How important was that for that brand to sort of stay relatively close to what the Astros do, but feel unique and fun and all, and all of that stuff? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. There are a few elements that we knew we wanted to hit. Um, one of them being you know, the connection to the Astros. I think you see that with the space-themed elements. You see that with the orange and the navy blue. Um, but we also wanted to be, you know, it's separate identity. You know, Sugarland is its own up-and-coming progressive, highly uh, developing town. Um, and so we wanted it to reflect that. You know, that's that's kind of that, that new frontier. You know, you have the horizon gradient. There's something new on the horizon. I think that gives it its own. You know, I know the Astros had their tequila sunrise. We have our horizon gradient. You know, there's... There's, there's different, but there's, there's, there's those connections. And um, I think it was important to have those different, you know, elements, but also keep those ties to Houston, which would be, you know, the space theme. And I know people are bent out of shape about the, the Cowboys, the Cowboys being included. And, you know, someone who's not from Houston, I, I would just say, you know, we're hope this could be a Cowboys team that you can root for, you know, uh, we're, we're the Cowboys that you can root for. Um, and, you know, uh, we're, we're just really excited. But I think, like you said, you know, there's, there were elements that we knew that we wanted to include on. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of good fun we can have, you know, the, the, the space theme and the Western themes, you know, I think as a marketing team, you know, you're kind of looking at your chops, you know, at the idea, the, at the promised ideas that you could come up with. I know that uh, space Cowboys GM, Tyler Stam and I both share a love for the other Cowboys in the state. So <laughs> it won't be hard for us at all. I will, yeah. I will just sort of compliment you. I love the gradient. I love the, um, Again, the familiarity of the the up the side. That's the jersey I bought. I bought. I spent four hundred bucks at your pro shop, by the way. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have it. Well, thank luckily, you. <laughs> luckily, Jessica doesn't watch the show anymore. Otherwise, we would. I'd be in serious trouble. But um, no, a lot of it was her stuff too. Her texting me, get this, get this. But yeah, I love that. And and I guess again, it, it's a modern looking uniform that I think might start to set the standard for where uniforms can go. And I know that there was pushback from the local community, but the how shocked were you at the how overwhelming praise from the online community that you guys got? I, I bought so much stuff for people to send off. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as someone who's on, I, I spend a lot of time on social media just for my job and just also because I, I, I do like going on social media. It's, it's kind of like it's a dark place, but sometimes it's, you know, you get ideas. So seeing teams like, you know, I know the Beloit uh, Snappers, they just, re, they just rebranded the Beloit Skycar, I believe. And, you know, looking at, you know, the Cleveland Guardians now. And so just looking at the, the reaction there, I mean, obviously those are different elements in terms of how long their brands were there, but we knew that it wasn't going to be universally accepted. As a matter of fact, the, from hearing from people that were here in 2012, we knew that the, the Skeeters brand itself was not, not super welcomed when it first came, but now obviously we've seen people who became very attached with it. So we knew there was going to be some of that. And I think what we knew is, Obviously, the so the names the name leaked out a little bit before we, we anticipated, and you know that was that was unfortunate. But I think we knew in our hearts once people saw the full logos, the, all the uniforms that 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 wheel was going to start to turn. Especially when you get it in your hands too, and you see it, you know, even seeing a picture online only does so much. Um, but even then, I think it was still kind of. I think we're also kind of taken aback. You know, we've seen the merchandise numbers, and we've seen how crazy the online orders are. Uh, it's like it's slowed down for a few people here at the office since then. I mean, minorly, but definitely not for the merchandise team. Like it's, they're still going crazy. So I think it's, it's still, it gives you goosebumps to think, okay, cool. Like it's out there and people love it. You know, we, we had that feeling that that tide was going to turn, but then to see it turn, um, you know, it, it was pretty amazing. And we understand there's still some people who are going to be tepid, uh, you know, that have been, that were longtime skaters fans. We just hope that they give us a chance to kind of show them that, you know, this brand's give us something they can relax on to. 
You know, and I, and the, the, the tale I always tell when I talk to somebody who's rebranded, um, you know, the Amarillo Sod Poodles, that name was beat down until, like you said, the first logo came out. And now it's one of the best selling MILB properties. I really feel like you guys are heading that same direction. Um, are you aware of, or were there any, like almost, this was almost the name. I mean, that's always kind of fun to think about what might've been um, anything that you know of that was like, it was, om- it was almost this. And then was the space Cowboys. You know, unfortunately I don't, I, cause because I was kind of, you know, one of the, like, I guess last people in our, you know, office or staff to, to know, I wasn't quite sure on what the development was. I know that they really did look into different times to Houston. You know, they were really entranced with the Western rugged cowboy theme whether that was going to be a cowboy or not, that was a huge element they wanted to hit. And then the other thing being the space theme. So, you know, you can kind of, I guess, take your mind to those places. And they also really wanted to, you know, make sure it was something Sugarland, like whether it was um, something that is famous from Sugarland or just having its own unique look. I mean, I obviously I know the name Sugarland Imperial Sugar. So a lot of people thought that it might be the Imperials. Um, I'm not, I don't quite know if that was ever in the running. I know that was, that was, that was kind of talks about that when the Skeeters initially came out, but um I think the the key elements that I'm aware of are that they wanted to hit, you know, that Western theme, uh, the rugged theme, and, you know, the hero theme. And also that goes with the space, too. I know a lot of the concept, you know, you think, think of things like the Mandalorian, um, you think of Harrison Ford, um, you know, you think of uh, Woody and Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story. Like, those themes are pretty popular, you know, in pop culture. And so I think eventually, you know, they you start with that concept and then event, all, all, you kind of mold together. All of a sudden, you got the Space Cowboy name. And I just know that you guys now have set yourself up for a standard that your Star Wars night's got to be awesome. Like y'all can't <laughs> yes. phone this in. <laughs> that'll that'll definitely take on a new life of its own. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's talk a little bit about that then. You know, you guys have always been known for one of the best game day experiences. Uh, my first independent ball experience was seeing you guys years ago. Um, how much of that's going to be different? Um, how much of it will be the same? And And just how... Like, what is a, a typical Space Cowboys game going to be like, like on a weekend? Yeah, I think uh, it's it's going to change quite a bit. Um, you know, we have, I think that's kind of, I touched on earlier, we have these these Western and these space themes that we can tie into. Um, that's going to that's gonna play a lot into Troy Young, our, our entertainment director. He's going to be, you know, he's got, he's got a lot he can, he can work with, you know, with our scoreboard material. Um, we're also, a lot of new renovations at the ballpark. You know, we're adding a new concession stand in left field. We're adding, we're updating our playground. Um, we're updating our suite level to kind of match the aesthetic of our, our brand. So I Can't think wait. the fan experience is going to change a lot uh, this year. And also, you know, last year was our first year that we were able to start using those Astros tie-ins. And, you know, now that we have guys like Jake Myers, who started here, made their major league debut, Jose Siri, who started here, made their major league debut. We're going to start getting that history element, you know, that a lot of these minor league teams have. I know the hooks are great about that. You know, they had like George Springer, they had Alex Bregman, they had Altuve go through there. So, we haven't yet had that you know, chance to make history. We've had just one year. So I think that's going to be a, a huge part of our game day experience as well Is now we really, you know, now that we have our new brand, we're our second year here, we're going to really start. You're going to see a lot more of the, you know, that connection to the Astros, I think as well. And what about, what about the past of the skaters though? I mean, you guys did a lot of great things. You won a couple of Atlantic league titles. You had Tracy McGrady play. Like how much of that will still at least be visible in the ballpark? So I think for this first year, you know, you're not going to see too much, uh, some of the things we definitely wanted to keep are retired numbers. Uh, Deacon Jones is number four and Gary Gaetti, he retired his number last year, number eight. Um, you know, I think this first couple of years are really going to be about establishing this new brand, establishing Orion, um, establishing the Space Cowboy look, um, you know, but I mean, all love to the Skeeters. I mean, that was, uh, it was a huge, huge part of my life. I know that a lot of people in Sugarland 
Um, huge part of their life. We had made some great memories. Like you said, you had Tracy McGrady, Roger Clemens. We won championships. Um, you know, independent ball definitely has its own kind of uh, daily look than, you know, the AAA team does. So, I mean, I think it's good to appreciate it. Um, I have fond memories of it. I mean, down the road, maybe we will have like a throwback night or something like that. Um, and I know Swats and a lot of people are, you know, that, that he's going to be dearly missed. Um, yeah, it's, it is like it's there's some, there's some things where you're like, man, it's it, and, you know, it's like kind of just like that cliche. It's like, don't cry because it's over. Just be happy, yeah. because it happened, you know, and I think that, yeah. that that's huge. And we want to make sure we do give back to that history. Um, yeah, you might not see it as much these first couple of years while we try to establish a new brand. But at some point, you know, it's important to remember where you came from, where your roots were for sure. Well, let's talk about that because MILB, um, the MILB, not just minor league baseball, has a lot of other sort of things that they do. And I've noticed that a lot of teams, when they get a new brand, they don't necessarily do a COPA thing their first year. Or they don't necessarily do a lot of alternative stuff. Is that the plan for you guys? Is that this year is going to be spaced out and then we might see, you know, COPA stuff with you guys or, or other, other identities like playing around? Yeah, exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head there. You know, this year is going to be really about, you know, because basically, you know, teams do one-off uniforms. Basically, all of our uniforms this year are kind of, you know, one-off uniforms. We've never seen them before. So, <laughs> yeah, we really want to have those stand out. We'll, we'll still have, um, you know, I know minor league baseball and Marvel, they have a partnership. So, we'll still be doing um, some specialty uniforms. You know, we have our promotional schedule. I believe we're going to announce that in the coming weeks here. Um, and then, yeah, you know, as the years goes on, you know, we're going to add that Copa brand. You know, we'll add uh, different different types of, you know, promotional elements we can do. I know in past, you know, as the Skeeters, there were a lot of, specialty jerseys and uh, probably won't see that quite as much going forward, but absolutely something we want to get back. And, you know, uh, Corpus Christi does such a great job with their, with their, what a bit burger, honey, chicken, biscuit. Yeah. Like we we love uh, at some point, you know, we obviously want to create those alter identities that are so super successful, but uh, definitely something I guess to kind of look, keep an eye on as, as the years go on. You know, and I, a couple of ideas, I want to see a faux back space Cowboys look yep. like what it would look like in the seventies. Yep. And your Copa thing has to be a space shuttle painted like a lowrider, right? Doesn't it have to? It could. Who knows? Yeah, we're uh, we're still kind of in the process of developing those. <laughs> but yeah, I like I like where your head's at, though. Those are nice. <laughs> See, now, my last question for you. At any point, were you considering naming Orion Maurice just to go with the with the song or no? No? <laughs> I don't think that was ever in there. But, you know, it, it's funny. Like, you know, we joked, like, after we saw all the the, the people on social media, that, that that honestly was one of the most, like, I guess you could say like talked about things was, Hey, they need any other mascot worries. Like, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's funny too, because our, uh, you know, Mo was a mascot for the skiers at some point. It was Swanson and Mo. Like Mo was his kind of like more adult friendly brother that would kind of have more hygiene. So it is, we're like, Oh man, that'd be funny. But no, I, I don't know if it ever seriously got considered, but we definitely <laughs> were aware of the amount of people that wanted that to be a thing. And uh, who knows? Yeah. Well, maybe we'll try to incorporate, uh, obviously that the, the Steve Miller band, the Joker song, and that was the first song we played to our fireworks show on Saturday night. Like we're, we're very aware that that is, that is a very, uh, when you hear the name, that's kind of where your mind goes. So obviously we'll have to come up with some good marketing ideas and ways to intertwine that. Uh, and if you don't have, you got to have Clint Eastwood and, and, and yep. uh, you have all those guys from the movie. Come. Yeah. I will say this and I'll admit something to you because we're friends, but I definitely had to get back into the pro shop and definitely used my big camera. Oh, guys, I got to get in and shoot B-roll to cut the line. Hey, I, I, I love, admit that to you. Hey, I love it. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we can't wait to see the game in, the game experience. He's Ryan Posner from your Sugarland Space Cowboys. Ryan, best of luck. And just give um, – we don't do this a lot, but our whole team loves it. Please give us – give them our compliments. It was an amazing accomplishment getting that Thanks, brand man. out there. 
I appreciate it, Jim, and I appreciate all you guys do here. Let's get to it. Thank you so much for having us on. Show me the merch, the best from the pro shop. And so we're excited on Let's Get To for our very first visit of the season. He'll be a regular guest on the show, Paul Caputo from the Baseball by Design podcast. Paul, how's it going? James, I'm so fired up to be a part of this. It's going very well. It's cold in Colorado today, man. I biked to work and it was it was cold. What are we talking about cold? Because I was freezing and it's 50. It was 12 when I woke up. Okay, you win. All right. I, I don't know why I expected to maybe have a shot at this. Um, you know, first of all, how about a tip of the cap to your amazing uh, Sugarland Space Cowboys hat that you have on? This is the this is the logo you like the best, the one you got on. It is, and you picked it out for me, James. So thank you officially. Thank you for this. And you had how could you possibly have known that this was my favorite of all their logos? I love the rocket ship and. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's a strong rebrand, obviously, and I know that you're going to talk about that separate from our conversation, but, uh, you know, great, great rebrand and love this logo in particular. Yeah, I thought great rebrand in a diverse rebrand. They really can yeah. create a lot of different kinds of things, but, you know, there's been a lot going on and I know that there's going to be even more. We've got teams that are now doing a name that team competition. Um, but you know, your focus is really on looks of teams and it's what you cover on your podcast. So who have been some other, uh, teams that have knocked it out of the park, pun intended. <laughs> um, well, you know, there's, there's a few that I, that I really like, uh, and at varying levels too, right? I mean, that's the really fun thing about this is that there's been a lot of levels of rebrands. And since we last talked, uh, one of the ones that I really like is my neighbor just to the north here, and one that I believe you and I are going to go see together, the uh, the Gem City Bison. And yes, what a I mean, right? It's got this like this hipster cool bison with like the flowing mane. He's he's back on his hind legs. They sort of anthropomorphized him a little bit. He's got the sunglasses. He's tossing the ball he's, in the he's, air. He's got the the mullet and the razor blades. I mean, it's it's so amazing i can't even wrap my head around it it's kind of perfect right and like i learned some things i mean obviously people associate wyoming with bison right because of you know yellowstone and although it's not even like the top one of the top five bison roaming states actually yeah really i didn't know yeah yeah, yeah. there's there are states with more bison than than wyoming however I, I had to look up why it was called Gem City, right? Like, and I thought that that was a super cool story. Uh, and it has to do with, it's Laramie's nickname, Laramie, Wyoming. And it has to do with uh, Thomas Edison was on a fly fishing trip there. And on his fly fishing trip, he came up with the idea for the filament light bulb. And really, yeah, that is why Laramie, Wyoming is called the, the, the Gem City. And then also they were the first, city in the Rockies to have a, uh, a power plant. And they said that it lit up the city, it lit up the night sky, like a gem. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're the gem city of the plains. So it's, uh, you know, I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again, you know, you can, you can learn the, the history of America by understanding why minor league baseball teams have the names that they have. Um, a couple others, you know, since then some, some big ones, uh, the, uh, the pioneer league has the glacier range riders now. And, uh, okay. You know, let me, yeah. I'm by, as you talk, I'm going to look it up. That's one I think I missed. Oh, the glacier range riders. They have a kind of, uh, national park service theme about them right there. Cause they're like right on the, the edge of glacier national park and they've got a mountain goat. This is a brandiose design. Um, 
they've got a mountain goat who is just finishing a swing. He's got his baseball bat and he's finishing his swing. Um, and he's got the, like the park service flat hat on. And then, uh, there they've got a round L it says glacier, glacier range riders. And then they've got a bear, a teddy <laughs> bear, uh, carrying a big stick. So another, is this Roosevelt. three? Is this I think three? We've got another Teddy Roosevelt, right? He's he's in the he's in the Park Service red bus, the old school red bus, and uh, and he's got his baseball bat as his big stick, the Teddy Bear also with the flat hat, and then they've got a uh, like an alternate logo that's like the Park Service arrowhead kind of, um, and then it's got RR in it. So and it's meant to be like sort of a throwback to like the old school Park Service. Um, so uh, that's why they've got these sort of like old the old bus and the old uniforms. And so, so that's the pioneer leagues, uh, glacier range riders. So that'll be a fun one, a little bit of a, you know, just a little bit outside of driving distance for me, but you know, I really need to get to that park before the glaciers are gone. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, so hopefully I in our lifetime we'll yeah. be okay, but maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the, uh, another one I really like the, um, that former Ashboro uh, Ashboro Copperheads, they're now the Ashboro uh, Zookeepers. Another homage to another tourist site. They're in the Coastal Plain League, and uh, you know that's just because Ashboro. The main reason people go to Ashboro, North Carolina, is for the North Carolina Zoo, and so they've got this brand uh, created by uh, Sky Design, uh, Sky Dylan of uh, Sky Design Studios, and it's got a. Uh, yeah, I really like this one, right? Because it's got like, to me, it looks like the zookeeper himself is leading the animals like through the foliage, right? Like it's got the, you know, he's swinging a baseball bat and he's got his like safari hat on and you've got a, a, a snake behind him. So maybe a, you know, a little homage to the copperheads, right? And got a rhino and a giraffe and an elephant. And so, so you've got these, uh, you know, this, the zookeepers it's an homage like i said to a tourist site in in ashboro north carolina so that's definitely one that i that i like as well so i i love that one and yeah. and, and i just looked up the glaciers the glacier uh range riders as well and yeah. i love those too but i do love the zookeepers um and i think it's exactly what you talk about where it really is reflective of a community and i and i remember it being one of the rare rebrands i've seen where it was almost universally liked. There was yeah. not a lot of negative pushback. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the only the only thing, and I think that in 2022, this is less of an issue, is I counted like maybe seven or eight colors in the rebrand, uh, <laughs> you know, which back in the day, you know, you wanted to limit it to maybe four or fewer. Uh, I think that that's less of an issue in 2022. And they just sort of, they were just like, hey, we're just going to go for it. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of colors, but that's uh, that's all right. Like you say, the thing that I really like about it is that it's it's locally appropriate. And I think the most successful minor league brands are the ones that are appropriate to the community and then have an appeal outside of the community because of that. But I think you have to start local before you can start thinking about what it, you know, how it's going to be received outside the community. I wanted to um, throw something at you that I'm not preparing you for because I want your honest um, okay. reaction to it. So after... I don't know, about a week ago, there was a roundtable discussion on MLB Network, and it was basically four veterans who were essentially dissing minor league baseball and the fact that every, according to them, every single team name has two words in it and the sort of, you know, mocking like the pizza rats, even though they don't really exist. Um, to me, to you, 
I know how it makes me feel. It makes me feel like, oh, thanks for proving you're actually out of touch with a lot of it. But where do you, as somebody who like devotes a large percentage of your life to this, where do you come off on that? You know, it's funny because I think the first example that they threw out there, you know, under the bus was the flying squirrels. The first one they were like, flying squirrels, what the heck is this? And I hold up the flying squirrels as like a primary example of what's right about minor league baseball, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, they do everything right. I mean, to me, it was just, it, it felt to me like sort of a knee jerk reaction that that was just misinformed. Right. And this is one of my favorite things about the the miners is when you look at a team like the yard goats. Right. Like that can feel to someone who hasn't looked into it, doesn't know about it, doesn't necessarily care about it, likes to sort of look down their nose at things. You look at the yard goats and they're like, ah, they just picked two names out of a hat. Right. Yard goats like. And then you look at, you know, the term yard goats is a railroad term. Uh, you've got the New York, New Haven, Hartford Railroad that goes right through the city there. Uh, you know, yard goat is a term for a locomotive switcher. And, you know, the, you just get more and more and more and more into that brand and you learn, oh, my gosh, it's really significant. It really means something. OK, it's a city and it's two words. Maybe. OK, maybe there's a trend towards that. But is that a bad thing? Absolutely not. These logos are great and they're fun and they're significant to their communities. And it was just a goofy, to me, sort of goofy, misinformed, misguided notion. And I saw that they got ripped on on Twitter for it and they deserved to. <laughs> you know, I was a big part of the ripping. I uh, yes, yes, I was. I led the charge in, in some of that. It's, it, yeah. you know, again, um it's just a missed opportunity to understand what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as we, I guess we get close to wrapping up here, you know, again, you're going to be on at least once a month. Now that we've gotten through the season of major rebrands or new teams, and I know there's still a few out there at the complete December league that are coming. So what can we look forward to in season from you as far as what teams are doing with uniforms? Well, there's a sort of new, cadence now to how this is all going to go since major league baseball took over minor league baseball. So they have new sort of deadlines about when they can uh, announce their, their temporary rebrands. So like the food-based identities and the, you know, the other sort of promotional brands that they're going to have. So I'm going to have sort of throughout the season, you know, the, the off season is the time when we hear about the, the rebrands, you know, the updated looks for, you know, existing teams, um, you know, like the space Cowboys, right? Like we're going to see that storing, you know, that's going to be November to March, right? During the season is when we start seeing these temporary identities announced. And so what you'll see from me as we go forward here is, you know, looking at these, you know, like the, the main, the Portland sea dogs just did the main uh, bean supper, right? The bean suppers. I'm the, guessing it's pork and beans. Cause it looks uh, delicious. It's red snappers, which is another main thing, red snappers yeah. and beans. Right. And so, um, that was when I talked to Emma Tiedemann about on, on the podcast, right. The red snappers. And so, so you'll, that's, that's a lot of what I'll be doing. Um, you know, whereas, you know, this month and there's, you know, there's still a handful that, you know, that we haven't gotten to that. I, that I really like, I'll just, if you don't mind, if I have time, no, right, rattle, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Rattle, rattle off a couple of them. Uh, Dan Simon's update of the, uh, the Wisconsin woodchucks who are now the Wasaw woodchucks uh, really like that one. That's a great new brand um, left at how, you know, 
Dan sort of compared it to uh, the the Avengers hero pose when they land like on <laughs> on three limbs, right? So yeah, their, their woodchuck looks a little bit like a, a, a pudgy Avenger. Um, the North Platte Plainsmen have a fun new logo, a sort of very serious new logo uh, with a sort of Buffalo Bill cowboy style character. The uh, Battle Creek Battlejacks are another yeah, one. Yeah, I loved that one actually. Yeah, and they're you know they've got their Jack Russell Terrier, the Jack Russell Terrier, and they've got you know Apple Jacks are local to their community there, so that's a sort of fun play on a couple of local things. The Lake County Corn Dogs. Fun logo, very baseball-y, very like all-American. Not entirely sure why it's a hot dog instead of a corn dog in the logo. There's no stick involved, you know, so I'm not not sure about that one. Um, so I think, I mean, that's largely the ones that sort of landed with me. The one that I'm still trying to get my head around is the new one in the Atlantic League, the Kentucky Wild Health Genomes, where they built the naming sponsorship directly into the thing itself yeah and my impression is that's going to be a, only a one-year team okay yeah i okay. believe that's a one-year team um to balance out the atlantic league schedule until they yeah. expand again maybe maybe until the because the, do the fairy hawks start this year or next i think the fairy hawks are this year i'm pretty sure okay. they're this year so yeah. i'm guessing they're going to try to balance things out but I, my impression is it's only a because it's a, definitely a mouthful and for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then um, the very last one that I wanted to mention, just because it's it's very much worth mentioning, aside from the Akron, I mean, we might just have to do a whole thing on the the JoJo's because I've got conspiracy theories about JoJo's not being unique to, to Akron. Um, but the one that I think is just wild, right, like just has so much going on is the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes, who have like 12 different brands all sort of rolled up into one brand. And there's a there's this whole like i mean you really have to like take a minute to get into it but it's essentially there's a lucky statue of abraham lincoln there's a sandwich called a horseshoe there's uh the they have a penny based logo they've got a logo like based on the sandwich that's actually shaped like the state capitol uh, they i mean there's this a lot is going one, on there's a ton going on that you have to like sit there and like tie it all together but it's you know it's it's pretty They've got a lot of wacky logos in that one. So and yet I think they have a baby blue and orange jersey that looks pretty sweet. And it just has the shoes on the across the top of it. So or the chest. So the nice thing about these brands that have a lot going on is that you can pick and choose the ones that you like. Right. So, you know, so yeah. anyway, it was a wild off season of rebranding. Lots more to come. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm thrilled to be able to, to come here and talk to you about it because it's uh, it's my favorite thing. All right. Well, we cannot wait to have you back on in just a couple of weeks. Paul Caputo from make sure you check out the Baseball by Design podcast and you'll hear him here on our airwaves. Is it really airwaves? I guess not. And uh, then throughout the entire baseball season, Paul, thanks for jumping on. Thank you, James. Ladies and gentlemen, please adjust your scorecards. We have a special guest in the lineup. All right, so we're excited. Though. Let's get to you to jump into the new season. And one of the cool parts about this season premiere is that we're going to be talking to three young ball players who are getting ready to jump into the next phases of their careers. So we've got Grant, Alex, and Carson on the show. Uh, gentlemen, how are y'all? Good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Good. Doing great. I'm tired of the cold. <laughs> Me too. I second that. Yeah. Um, so I want to kind of just go one at a time and we will just hear where you're going to school and kind of why you picked 
that place. And Alex, you're one of my uh, favorite students that I have. So we'll let you go first. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to Hendricks College. It's in uh, Conway, Arkansas, right up to Little Rock. Um, I'm going because I just, I kind of fell in love with the place. It's got great, great academics, you know, it's a really good school. Um, it's got a really good program. The facilities are really nice. I love the coaches. I love my teammates. I'm, I'm going to, the teammates there. Um, yeah, I just, I just got super stoked and kind of fell in love with the school when I visited and just kind of started to go there. I'll be up in the area um, in August checking out the uh, Little Rock. Uh, no, sorry, the the Arkansas Travelers, which plays in Little Rock. So I'll uh, see about looking you up and you can come to a ball game if you've got the time. Um, all good. right, Carson, what about you, man? Where are you heading out? Heading to? Uh, howdy. Um, I'm going to University of Texas at Dallas. Um, it's obviously in Dallas. Uh, personally, I was applying to that school for school, no matter what just because I loved its computer science program. And I got pulled in by Coach Graves and Coach Shoemaker. They showed me that baseball program, and I just fell in love. And it was just a perfect match for me. I just got very lucky. I, I love that. And Grant, uh, we can guess where you're taking your talents. Yeah, I'll be taking my talents to the University of Texas. And it's one of those situations where not a lot of kids are – blessed enough to do this but it's been my dream school since I was born and it's always been an idea just to go to school there and um, I'm blessed enough to have the opportunity to go play baseball there so I wanted to talk a little bit about the baseball program at St. Mike's because um, you know Grant Urey is or Garrett Urey Garrett Urey is playing baseball I mean you got guys all over the place how uh, how good is our program at St. Michael's that it keeps producing such good baseball players? Any one of y'all can jump in. I think that one of the things that makes us stand out, especially from a private school standpoint, is we, in the beginning of the season, like we just got done playing Bowie, Austin High, Anderson, and Aikens, and those are big 6A public schools. So it forces us to play with the big boys, and when you go out and – uh, repetitively just compete and a lot of the times beat those teams. I think that helps elevate your game to the next level and prepare you, especially for the private school teams that we end up playing. Carson, you want to add anything to that? Yeah. Um, personally, I'd say we have this kind of drive in us. We're the underdog in like basically every situation. We got students at our school. We're going to play Austin High with 3,000 and <laughs> – we yeah. go out there and we, we, we just want to beat everyone. And we kind of just got this idea of proving ourselves. And I feel like it shows itself on the field. Alex, how about you? Yeah, I think that definitely plays a part. And I think another big part is our coaching. You know, we got Coach May out there. Um, and before Coach May, Coach Geraldi. And so those are two really good coaches. And now we have Coach Nick as our assistant, which is another great coach. All three of those guys, you know, played in the bigs for a while. They all know their stuff. You know, they kind of – they're the kind of re one of the reasons they attract good ball players to St. Michael's. Um, so obviously you got to give a lot of credit to them, but I also think our culture is really well, like we're a really tight group. Our team chemistry is like through the roof. So I think that plays a big part of it as well. It's just, we're, a, we're all really close and we're, we're a good team. So we all just play for each play for one another. So I think that's a big part of it. Uh, for audiences that maybe don't know, um, but the audience of our show, I mean, one uh, baseball players rarely get full scholarships to play baseball it's like 11.7 per team right every year 
But St. Michael's is a really um, aggressive and top quality college preparatory. How much do you think that this school has prepared you guys for having that sort of student athlete life where, you know, it's a lot of time spent practicing and getting ready. Plus you have to maintain your academics. Um, I can definitely personally, like I'm more of an academic student. I have like a standard of trying to get good, good grades, getting all that. And the, the program definitely pushes you to do that. If you're not passing, you're not playing. It's, it, it pushes you to, um, like excel in the classroom and then baseball second. We, we want to use that to go farther in our life, whether baseball or in college. Grant, do you want to add to that? Uh, so one thing that, um, just with uh, past players that I've talked to and not even ones that just went to St. Michael's, but other private schools is one thing they notice is the workload is a lot harder, harder, obviously in private schools. And when you get to college, you're not so overwhelmed and you've already experienced the days where you have practiced till six 30 and then you have two tests and a paper due the next day. And it, it's, it doesn't become that big of a stressor because you've had to do that for, the past four years of your life instead of just kind of being brought up into that situation. And Alex, how about you, man? You want to tie that? I mean, I know your film program is tough. It's stressful, <laughs> but. Yeah, that one's tough. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think definitely coming from a big public school at Lake Travis, you know, it's a great public school academic wise. Um, but I mean, private school is just kind of like, it's a different level. Um, especially whenever I, my first year at St. Michael's, I was, I was really caught off guard with the workload, um, but eventually I got used to it, but I definitely feel like I'm more well-prepared for college now after coming through the St. Michael's academically. Um, I, I feel like what Grant said, like we've always got something to do the next day. I got a big test or we got papers, um, but that's how it's going to be in college too. So I think we're, I think all three of us are pretty well-prepared, uh, especially coming from St. Michael's. So. Now, um, and we can start with Grant and work our way, Grant, Alex, and then um, Carson, but was, like, you picked UT, Grant, was that your first choice, or was that, like, did, I mean, how did the, how did you whittle that down to make that choice? Um, so, it, it actually was not my first choice, so uh, the, halfway through my junior year, I ended up committing to the University of Oregon, because oh. at the time, with COVID, uh, I felt like that was my best opportunity that was on the table. And I was of the mindset that the clock's winding down. You got to make a decision. And obviously that's not the case. Nothing's open. No doors are closed when you do that. And um, like I said, Texas has always been my dream school. And I ended up going on a, a visit to Oregon. And I, I just, I didn't get the feeling that you're supposed to get the feel and going away from home and being in Oregon wasn't, wasn't my style so I picked up the phone I was calling around a bunch of different places and uh my hitting coach actually got me a connection with the guy at Texas and it I mean things just worked out I ended up decommitting from Oregon and committing to Texas in a very quick turnaround and I that's probably not usual for a lot of kids but I was fortunate enough to have that happen to me that's awesome Alex how about you yeah, mine's also kind of an interesting story. Um, so 
I was talking to um, one of the coaches at University of Richmond for a while um, through my summer ball team. Go Spiders. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and turns out he thought I was a junior. <laughs> so they didn't have any spots left for senior, for the 22 class. Uh-huh. But um, he really liked the way I played. So he's like, hey, listen, I played at Hendricks. You know, I loved it. I think you would love it too. Let me get in t- contact with the coach and I, I'm going to give you his number and you, I want you to go check them out. And I was like, you know what? Okay, why not? Um so I did it and I was blown away. Um, definitely. I mean, I can't say it was my first choice because like I didn't really know about it until I got in contact with them. But um, as soon as I got there, I really loved, I loved everything about the school. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely very pleased with where I ended up. And how about you, Carson? For me, um, I UT, UT Dallas was exactly what I was looking for. Honestly, I, I don't know if I really wanted Division One baseball. I, I think Dallas is like the perfect thing I wanted, and I was always emailing like Coach Graves and stuff, and just like looking to see if he can come look at me and everything. And obviously, I was looking at other schools. Yeah, but I, the the just fell in place, and it ended up working out, and it was very good for me. Well, um, we're going to do two things before you wrap up. First of all, give me a, a, a sort of what should fans look for if they're going to walk, if they're going to roll up to St. Michael's and uh, and watch some of you guys play. What, what can we be looking for? What is the style of play like for the St. Michael's Crusaders? Um, I would say that we love to hit the ball, you know, and not not like our, our pitching staff is great. Um, not no not liking them at all, but we definitely are a very offensive team. Um, we hit the ball really well. We score a lot of runs, and it's really fun to play in, and it's fun to watch too. So I would definitely say our bats are like one of the one of our main things that gets us wins. Kind of going off what Alex said, um, I feel something that, especially last year, and we're starting to get back into that groove this year is early in games, like the first second inning, we like to put a lot of runs on get the energy going, and then once we get to a certain point, it's it's really hard to come back against us. And it, we just – I feel like we hit this groove and we just keep on going and we may go an inning or two where we only score a run or two, but we're still – the energy keeps piling up and you get to a situation where you're down on us five, six, nothing in the third inning. And at that point, we've just – we've already won the mental battle and we keep that going for seven innings. Love that. Carson? Yeah, building off of that, I mean, our sticks have been pretty hot this year, so we've been killing the baseball. And I would say our pitching staff this year, we got two guys that are Eli Aaron Beatty and uh, Owen Moore. Owen. Those kids can pitch, and they kind of make it boring for all of us because it's just it's just strikeout, 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 ground ball. Like, it's, it's textbook in the field, and uh, we love that. All right, so we're going to wrap this up, and I'm going to have uh, so I'm going to have Grant. Grant, I want you to tell me one thing you like about Alex's game, and then Alex, you're going to tell me one thing you like about Carson's game, and then Carson, you tell me one thing you like about Grant's game. So we're going to do a little uh, kumbaya, uh, touchy feely thing here. So, so Grant, you have the floor. You know, one thing, uh, not to throw shots at Alex, but. He is freakishly athletic, and he didn't play. He uh, last year 
he played third base and DH'd a little bit for us. So I never got to see him at his true position at third. And I mean, th- this, this season, he's making plays that I'm like, oh, that's a hit. And there's Alex feeling the ball and throwing his first base. And it's no dig on him, but he makes some plays that I'm like, I don't, I, I, I couldn't see that happening nine times out of 10. All right. I love that. Alex, what about you? Something about Carson's game. Well, Carson, uh, he likes to swing at every single pitch, um, but in this, but it's good. He, I don't know how, but he all, somehow always manages to make solid contact and scratches off a single or a double. Um, and on the base path, he's electric, dude. He's really fast. Carson's really fast. So he's definitely one of those guys that can steal bases for us. And I mean, if he's on first and you hit a double, he's probably going to score. So um, that's all. It's he's great to great to see on the bases, and I, I love whenever he like slings at a bitch at a ball in the dirt or somewhere just like just a ball in general and he uh he's a single so it's fun to watch love that and carson a little bit about grant's game other Um, than his hair game which is on point oh yeah mullet mullet time um i mean obviously he's a pretty good catcher but i don't know i've seen that murders baseballs (laughs) It, it is it makes me look like a child. Like I feel so young and like small compared to him when he just <laughs> cranks out like nine home runs during a battle. I'm like, okay. Like it's 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 insane. It's something to see. There are there are worse compliments out there. All right, guys, thanks for jumping on. Let's get to Carson, Alex, and Grant. And good luck in the future. And I can't wait to, to just keep following you guys when you get to college. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, man. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. And now on to close it out, the right-hander from Houston, Texas, James Christopher. So it does wrap up the season four premiere of Let's Get Two. Now, before we go, I am going to fulfill an old Twitter request and also a request from the director of communications at the school where I work and give you a virtual tour of my awesome office. A new season is coming for Let's Get Two, and that means it's time to clean and refresh the office. I do a lot of work up here on both baseball and movie-related projects, and I need this space to really reflect me. The back wall is set up with no reflective surfaces, perfect to use as a set, and it's filled with some of my favorite minor league baseball stuff. Across the top, I have some of my favorite pennants, the oft-forgotten piece of baseball memorabilia. And the top of the heap is the great state of Texas with the Corpus Christi Blue Ghosts, the Corpus Christi Hooks, Sugarland Space Cowboys, Midland Rockhounds, and Cleburne Railroader lids. The Durham Bulls do merch as well as anyone with their Stranger Things hat, the Bull Sharks, and of course, the famous Bull. The Myrtle Beach Makos is still my favorite hat that I own, and I love me some Jupiter Hammerheads. Yes, sharks, it's a thing. Few brands are as dynamic as the Erie Seawolves, and I love the Copa look from Charleston. And rest in peace to the Lancaster Jethawks, their Top Gun bobblehead is purely amazing. Here we have the Baseball's Pass section of the room with my Buck O'Neill bobblehead, my Austin Black Senators Negro League cap, and the cap from the Portland Mavericks. Here are the Traverse City Pittsbitters, the Tri-Cities Chili Peppers, the San Antonio Missions, Bowling Green Hot Rods and Aberdeen Ironbirds are represented. Now some more crazy creatures with the Norfolk Tides, the Everett Aquasocks, the Spearfish Sasquatch, 
and rest in peace to the seal slingers, we hardly knew you. Now we have the sea unicorns, the Medusas, and a sweet Jackie Moon Corn Belters bobblehead. Peoria Chiefs, Akron Rubber Ducks, Austin Senators, Richmond Flying Squirrels, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, Daytona Tortugas, Columbia Fireflies, Scottsdale Scorpions, Casper Ghosts, and the San Bernardino Cocoys. I call this the drinking shelf with the Veneros de Tri-City, the Mint Juleps, and a sweet Nolan Ryan Hall of Fame carafe that my wife gave me. Hats, hats everywhere, and some cool boxes, and a six-pack holder made from seats at Wrigley Field. And of course, a copious amount of heads that bobble. It's really impressive to take in all at once, if I do say so myself, but it's not just baseball in the office. Lots of love for Jaws, my favorite movie of all time. And because, of course, I would own a Jaws Tiki. Quince End. Sad. James Bond, Die Hard, Magnum P.I., and Smokey Pops. And there probably isn't any question as to who I'm going to call. The Godfather, Parks and Rec, and Trading Places. And of course, my love for the Astros is clearly present in the room. From pennants depicting all different looks of the team, to a certain issue of Sports Illustrated, balls from Stroh's games and other Texas clubs, And my favorite pennant, still your 2017 World Series champions. This pennant is special though. It's an authentic NL West championship pennant from 1986. Lots of Astros bobbleheads. The Astros Apollo 11 collection is epic. My love for horror films is clear and present, especially the movie Halloween. My desk area has some Astros art, my favorite picture ever, and two awesome Jaws posters. It also has six of the over 200 or so film festival awards we've won. These are the six that I think look the coolest. One of my prize decorations, my medals and rank from the army. So many Star Wars toys and pops. And from the beginning of the pandemic, my hobby, shadow boxes full of patches. So yeah, in the office, there's a lot going on. There's a lot everywhere. And for some people, it could be distracting. But for me, when I'm trying to get in there and be creative, it actually helps provide touchstones for me when I get stuck and really just makes me feel calm and relaxed. So I hope you enjoyed the tour of the office. And next year, it will look a little different. So yeah, when you look around the office, I clearly have a lot of problems. But again, that does wrap us up. We'll be back next week with another great episode. And until then, start planning your road trips, get prepared for those gas prices, and let's get to. Let's Get To is presented by Twitchy Dolphin Media, executive produced by Jessica Bybee Jedgets, produced by James Christopher, Andy Tom Chesson, and Scott McIntyre, associate producers Andrew Nelson, Timothy Jedgets, and Jess Canaster. All content created by Let's Get To is the sole property of Twitchy Dolphin Media. All content created by teams and organizations covered in the episode are the sole property of the trademark holders.